Great West College Hockey Podcast from the Summer Skate Studios is brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHAM1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. M-Drive, honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels Championship run all season long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drury Inns and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at druryhotels.com. University of Oklahoma Hockey. Big school, big dreams. For schedules and tickets, go to ouhockey.net. AT&T Wireless, where both new and existing customers always get our best deals. University of Arizona Hockey. Be part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort and style. University of Central Oklahoma, a top-ranked education and an elite college hockey experience. For more information, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. San Diego State Hockey, sun, sand, and hockey, as well as a top-flight education at sdsu.edu and sdsuhockey.com. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans. It's Wednesday night. We're about an hour later than normal tonight. Scott Strandy with you in beautiful Maricopa, Arizona tonight. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh, joining me from that vibrant city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Stephen, did you get your snow shovel? That's the big thing I want to know for this week. I did it, but that's because I don't live in Henderson, where they got some <laughs> snow. If I lived in Henderson, I might have needed a snow shovel. Uh, but I did have to break out the heavier jackets because it's been chilly here. Yeah, that's cold weather. It's uh, snuck into... Uh, the uh, the southwest if you will the great west college hockey podcast is uh is on the air and that's because there's all kinds of stuff happening in the world of acha hockey including a wednesday night <laughs> matchup at mullet arena um between the university of arizona and the arizona state university um that's a rarity but i think the guys like playing in that brand new building Oh, I'm sure they do. For the ACHA program, it's their first game in there, and obviously Arizona gets to play in there for the first time, uh, playing ASU there. And, uh, of course, Molot Arena has become kind of the hockey mecca, so to speak, I mean, between the uh, the NCAA program that had a bunch of games there this past month and, of course, the uh, the NHL team playing there. And, then of course, now you get the ACHA team. I think the women's team has played some games there. So it's it's become quite a uh, – quite a, quite a, a mecca for hockey uh in the in the arizona area and they just announced recently Stephen, that they're going to play the uh arizona high school championships at mullet as well this year so that's uh, another event that'll be coming in of course they also use it for wrestling and i believe volleyball uh so there's uh it's a multi-purpose facility there's no doubt about it as you know i've been there quite a bit you were there just uh what three weeks ago something like that um, to see an NHL game. A little less your, than that. Your, your thoughts on, on what you saw from the NHL perspective? <laughs> well, for one, it was a lot of a lot of visiting fans. It was a lot of Golden Knights fans. And, and everyone talks about how it's the quote-unquote. Hold, hold, hold on a minute. Let's define a lot. There's only 4,600 <laughs> total. So how many would and be a And it was a, a sellout, lot? too. I think the attendance was 4,600 yeah. or 4,800 whatever so the attendance So how many is. would be a lot? At least half, at least half, if not more, probably more than half, Golden Knights fans. So twenty three hundred uh, is a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, and I think a lot of a lot of fans probably wanted to see what it was like, and it was interesting because, of course, the Golden Knights did not win. They didn't 
play. Well, they had that they didn't win, so obviously it was a four-one Coyotes win that night. So it was a pretty quiet uh, environment because the uh, the home team was 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 winning. It was kind of it was kind of weird. Um, and so I was, I was gonna, my point about it being they say it's the loudest environment. Well, I don't know about that, but it was uh, it was certainly an intimate uh, setting, as people kept saying. And it was quite interesting that you had to go for a brief moment. You had to go outside, and they had uh, they had some uh, coverings on over it. But you had to go over to uh, into the annex to to go into the locker rooms for post game uh, interviews. And and it's and it's, I didn't get to do the walk to, for where they had to go to the uh, annex to the bench. But it looked like it's quite a little bit. Uh, takes a cup takes a, takes a few seconds for them to uh, get there. More than a few seconds, I guess. <laughs> but uh overall it's you know it's 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 doable for for NHL it's it's obviously not ideal and it's it's kind of sad that the uh the Coyotes have to play right now in a 4600 seat arena uh but the point i'm making from all this is it is a great facility uh it's great great for Arizona State's uh program to have that um and, and they have a display there which they always have a uh which they have there which shows the Sun Devil hockey history and one of the features there was the was the trophy from the uh, 2014 ACHA championship, the Murdoch Cup. Murdoch Cup, right? With a bunch of pucks in it from that magical year that they won the uh, ACHA championship. So, uh, and that's always on display there at Mullet Arena. So, right there on the concourse level. So it's it's that's pretty cool. And and yeah, I mean it's it's obviously going forward. The um, and there's and there's another rink on that in the in, in the other side of the building. So uh, going forward. The ASU ACHA program will play all their games at Mullet, whether it probably be on the main rink or on the other rink. And uh, Oceanside Ice Arena, of course, will be uh, formally closing here uh, very soon. So formally uh, closing and be, being demolished, by the way, and, and being demolished, right? So it's that's going to be the uh, the future uh, for all of the uh, ASU teams to play out of there. But uh, but yeah, it's it's not a bad little right, right there on ASU's campus. So I mean, if you're a student and you want to see your your team play. I think that's the ideal situation. That's something UNLV doesn't have here yet. Obviously, they have to play at City National. It's a little bit of a drive from campus, but you know, having a building right there on campus, right by the football stadium, right by you know some of the other uh, uh, things, right there on ASU's campus is uh, is is good for them, and it's great for for the, for the hockey program and and for the other sports that'll play out of there as well. What about the plaza? You didn't talk about the rocking plaza. <laughs> I wasn't familiar with that. <laughs> you missed the plaza? How could you miss the plaza? Is that inside? <laughs> no. No, it's between the parking garage and Mullet Arena. You didn't hang out on the plaza with the DJs and get your face painted and stuff like that? No, I must have missed that. That must be only for uh must be for the ASU games. I didn't see that for that. That wasn't for, for media? The- that wasn't for the Coyotes game. I didn't see. That. I saw. I saw a big inflatable uh, Coyote figure, and I saw you know some other stuff in the front of the building. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, was that's just, the plaza I was just wondering, I'm talking about. Okay, that's, that's the, plaza. the plaza. Okay, that's the plaza. Okay, I didn't see any face painting or anything, so that must have been a that must be a, a ASU thing. And I was just worried about if I was going to be able to get into the building. <laughs> sometimes that's a little shaky when I go to visiting buildings. I, I sometimes wonder if I'm going to get in. I remember going to Bakersfield one time and getting lost, getting in, and finding my way around. Uh, you know, so I just wanted to make sure I was able to to get in, and, and they would let me in. And thankfully they. They did. So that's always <laughs> well, we're glad, a, that's we're always glad you got in and a chance to see it. As you know, I've seen uh, every NCAA game played there uh, so far. So uh, it, that that was not by design, by the way. It was the way things kind of worked out for me to uh, to be here and, and see all those games. But um, yeah, excited the NCAA for that. team is in Alaska. They are uh, in Fairbanks tonight preparing for a weekend series. And I don't know if you heard the podcast last night, Stephen, but um, – Paul Hornstein and I announced, well, Paul kind of just rode along. I announced it, <laughs> but we're doing, we're doing the college hockey West independent cup. It's going to be a challenge for the next six weeks for the, uh, the five teams, uh, that are independents. Uh, they'll play each other majority of the time and we'll, we'll pick out a winner of who's got the best winning percentage of, uh, those teams. So that's exciting news, but, we're here to talk ACHA hockey, and uh, by the, the way, hottest... I should give should give an update right now. Uh, 
course, people when they listen to this on archive, they won't. They'll, they'll already know the games happened. But uh, it is four four right now. ASU and uh, Arizona in the third period, and it looks Ooh, like uh, open up the about scoring. Maybe, maybe there's about uh, a couple hundred people in there right now watching. Oh, you got it game. on the stream, so you're be able to to keep an eye on that. Yeah, multitask yeah, here. You know that's really good for Arizona State because if you remember. And you have you did you watch a game at Oceanside? I can't remember. You've never been into Oceanside to watch a game, right? I have, yes. When I when I when I did some traveling with UNLV hockey, okay. I, that was one of the, the spots I went, and I got to be in the low ceiling and the very cold uh, building <laughs> and everything. <laughs> but what one of the things with uh, with Oceanside is they didn't draw very well for that small building. They just didn't draw enough people. I don't know why. So to get a couple hundred in there. Right now is is an upgrade for for Arizona State ACHA hockey uh, since the NCAA program came along. So good for them. Yeah, and and, um, and, it, and it's and I think about the the uh, NCAA program and and how they were playing at Oceanside, obviously until just this year, and just think, boy, it's just night and day uh, comparison for from what they were having to play in and now where they get to play in. and having ten straight games at home. That wouldn't have happened at Oceanside times. Not, not was enough teams that probably wanted to come out and play uh, ASU there uh, <laughs> at Oceanside. But now at Mullet, sure, people want to come and come out and, and check it out and, and play ASU there. And and uh, ASU's done okay at home. They've you know some teams have come in and beat them, but you know it's it's their time will come. But yeah, it's uh you know it's, it was and it was interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because I I talked to the coaches. Um, from the visiting team. So I wanted to get their perspective on not only the building, but also hockey and the growth of hockey in the, in the Southwest and in the West, basically. And uh, I asked them about that and they said, you know, uh, they love the environment. They love the, the crowd and, and the way the student section got into it. But they said, they all thought that maybe Arizona state lost a little home ice advantage because Oceanside was such an advantage for them because nobody that would come in and play them had ever played in a building like that before at the NCAA level. And that meant that that uh, Arizona State had a distinct advantage, whether it be for a period, a game, two games, it didn't matter. Uh, the corners, the low ceiling was something that they were able to uh, to deal with. So, you know, that, that being said, maybe the home ice advantage is going to take a little while to be reestablished at Mullet. Possibly, and if you look at the the flip side of that, if you're the uh, the Coyotes, it seemed like for a time being they had they were had a little bit of a home ice advantage at Mullet because other teams have coming in there, and yes, yeah, some of the players I'm sure at one point have played in rinks that size, but that be, but for a lot of teams coming in there in an NHL environment to be in that kind of an intimate uh, setting that it is, it's uh, it's a different uh, it's a different feel. Although I hear. That the ice there at Mullet Arena is probably some of the best ice in in the league, just because of of just the way the the building is. It's not massive, and they're able to contain keep the ice in pretty good good shape. So some of the NHL players uh, say that the, the ice is actually one of the best ice surfaces to play on. That's it's than the other teams. So um, ultimately, you're just it's still a 200 by you know 80 foot game. So it's uh, it's that, but. Still, two hundred by eighty-five. Eighty-five. Sorry, <laughs> yes, I forgot the extra five feet there. Uh, but uh, but anyway, you know, but here's he, the thing, though, Stephen. I think this is is probably the problem for NHL teams is they just come in for a single game. Like right. uh, the NCAA teams come in, they'll come in early and they'll get a day or two of practice before they play a game on that surface. For NHL teams, it's a sightline problem. For not only the the players, but especially the goaltenders, because the sight lines are much different when you're watching the puck come at you with uh, 4,600 seats as opposed to 18,000 seats. And uh, I think that's what happens to a, a lot of uh, NHL teams when they come to Mullet, and that might be the home ice advantage you're talking about. Now, in NCAA hockey, no, not so much, because most of the buildings are about that size. So uh, the players are, are used to it. And like I said, they usually get a couple of days of practice, but you don't get that um, with the, uh, with the NHL. Sometimes like the Colorado Avalanche, I don't think even saw the inside of the building until warmups uh, because of their travel problems right after Christmas. Yeah. Anyways, it's uh, hopefully it's a temporary fix for the coyotes uh, as they're working on trying to get a building of their own in Tempe. So we'll uh, we'll see how that happens if, if if that develops or what. But 
Um, stay tuned for the end of May. <laughs> yes, yes. We'll uh, when we do the show again in May, we'll, we'll uh, keep you updated. We'll, we'll keep, keep you updated. updated. And if we ever get the Pro Hockey West report going, we're sure to bring it on that as well. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, we're gonna get it going. It'll just be a matter of time here. Um, okay, let's jump into the ACHA stuff. Normally, we jump right into the uh, the rankings because they come out, and there's some news about the rankings. I'll let you break that um, as far as when they'll end and uh, how you'll be able to improve yourself in the rankings. Uh, we'll talk about that. But tonight I wanted to talk about, and we're going to talk about two things here. The first one is the uh, the WCHL standings as of January 28th. Um, and, and just kind of break that down, Stephen. And then we'll talk a little bit more in detail about what I think might be, if not the hottest team in the ACHA M1 division, certainly one of the top two or three. And that, of course, being the UNLV Rebels and what they've done actually since just before the holidays and certainly in 2023. So first things first, let's get a little rundown of the WCHL league standings. Go ahead with the uh, the first five and I'll take the second five. Well, the, the, the top two right now are still, and it's probably going to be between one of these two teams that will end up winning the WCHL, but you've got uh, Central Oklahoma as at uh, 39 points and UNLV is at 33 points. Uh, number three is Utah at uh, at 26 points. And uh, Arizona State at number uh, four at 25, and Arizona's number 23. Now, I do want to – so those are, those are the by points. Now, I want to bring up a couple of points with that. Uh, points, get what I did there. Okay, anyways. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. couple of, couple of – uh, You're on your game tonight, I'm I, telling you. I'm on my A game. I'm on my A game. I did a whole. Sh- I did some notes beforehand. I, you know, I just, I just. <laughs> I know. It looked good. I, I, I just it looks got really all this good. time on my hand with no, with the NHL being <laughs> off this week, and uh, or at least the the Golden Knights teams are, and then Silver Knights don't play until Friday. I had a lot of time on my hands uh, these days, so I, I'm trying to use it wisely. I know you use your time wisely, so. Um, so, anyways, That's a scary uh, thought how I <laughs> use my time and whether it's wisely or not. Anyway, well, I know that's you're another staying, topic for another day. You're staying busy these days, so I had to keep myself busy. Anyways, a um, couple of notes: Utah has already played 18 games. Now each team plays 20 WCHL games, so Utah's already played uh, 20 games or 18 games. They've only got two left. So yes, they are in third place right now. Uh, but they only have two more opportunities to gain points. That would be a possible uh, six more points. So they could they could get a maximum of 32 is their maximum right now. And they're, and they're at uh, basically nine and nine. They're eight wins, one overtime shootout win, and then uh, nine losses. Uh, Central Oklahoma, UNLV, UNLV's played less games. Now, what's interesting here is that Central Oklahoma – Lost their first WCHL game uh, this weekend, actually, by the hands of Utah. And I and I remember the the conversation we had last week about uh, about Utah and where they were positioned. And we'll get to the rankings in a bit, but and what they had to kind of do if they they wanted to try to make a push. And I said, I said, you know, it'd be tough because they got Central Oklahoma at home this this past weekend, and they had UNLV at home this weekend. And I said, well, I, if they would really could use a split. At least a split with Central Oklahoma and a split with UNLV. Well, surprisingly, they got a split. They they won Friday against uh, UCO on uh, on two nothing on Friday at in Salt Lake, and then the next night they did lose three to one, but a close game. So I'm sure that that helped Utah, or it didn't hurt them at least in their rankings and, and the potential for them to to get in. Central Oklahoma, though, it's their first loss in WCHL play. So what does that mean? It opens the door for UNLV to get in there, and uh, if they run the table, then they'll they'll win the WCHL title for the first time. So there are some storylines there. Uh, the other thing, as I mentioned, Utah being at number three, though, you got Arizona State still, Arizona, Grand Canyon, who have played uh, four, four or four fewer games than Utah, or Grand Canyon's played two fewer games than Utah, so there's still some uh, there's still some positioning to go for that number three spot. So Utah's in it right now, but because they've played uh, three or four more games than some other teams, uh, that could uh, that could change going forward here. But as it stands right now, UNLV one or Central Oklahoma number one, UNLV two, Utah three, uh, Arizona State four, and Arizona is at number five. 
Okay, before I give you six through ten, just a couple of things that I want to clarify for people. Utah has two league games left there this weekend, right? Against uh, UNLV. Will this wrap up their? Uh, that is correct. Yes, this will yes, wrap exactly. up their league play. Their league play. They'll have. I think they'll have a couple more games, a few more games after that, but they won't be. WCHL Not in the league standings, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So this this is it for Utah. So this I mean they're gonna have games still, but I, okay, I so, actually there's but but this is their last chance to, to WCHL games, and uh, so we'll, Utah will will know their final standings there in that regard. Uh, again, a big weekend for Utah because uh, this is another big opportunity for them to uh, to really help themselves if they can somehow win one game. Or even both, but certainly at least one game against a very red hot UNLV team, which we're going to talk about in a, in a bit here. A team that's on fire right now. So uh, they do, they did what they needed to do. They got they 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 were somehow were able to get a split with Central Oklahoma, which was a a big task, and they did that. Now they're going to have to do the same with UNLV. Uh, obviously, they'd love to win both, but certainly if they can steal one uh, from UNLV this weekend at home, that'll go. That should go a ways to helping their chances to to get in may not it may still not get them in but it certainly will give them a better opportunity uh, to be in the pick uh, in the mix okay so if utah were able to get six points as you mentioned earlier that would get them to 32 if unlv gets six points that would get them to 39 and currently central oklahoma is at 39 with some games to play but um unlv right now seems to be in the catbird seat if you will because they'll uh They'll have three games in hand uh, versus uh, against everybody else in the division. At least three games. Yeah, and um, and and UNLV has uh, their schedule after this. They're going to play. Uh, they're going to host Arizona the following week, and not this week. And the following week, and they're going to host Arizona here for two games. Then they're going to go to Arizona and play the Sun Devils, and I think they're going to make up that game that was postponed earlier in the season with Grand Canyon, or at least was suspended. They, they're probably going to pick up the game. Remember, there was some issues with the ice back in uh, when they went there in December, that second game, and they, they suspended play after the uh, some after UNLV got on the board in the first period. So I think the plan is to play that when UNLV goes to Arizona, not this following weekend, but the weekend after, and play the day before against Grand Canyon, and then they'll play their series with Arizona State uh, that those next two nights, and then they and then they come back here and finish up with Grand Canyon. So uh, some teams they they certainly can beat. Uh, Arizona still certainly will be will be a tough test again. They beat them in Arizona a couple of games, but uh, sometimes it's a, you just never know between those two teams uh, what will happen. So and then you have got Grand Canyon uh, for a couple of games. They usually do pretty good against them in Vegas. Uh, so and then Arizona State, uh, who they beat early in the year, but this will be at Arizona State, and and, and one of those could be a trap game. But uh, the the schedule certainly is in favor of UNLV to 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 run the table and and win that WCHL title. Um, now that Central Oklahoma's lost a game, it certainly opens the door for UNLV to to take that title, and they'll get okay, that trophy, so, and they'll get the trophy for the first time. So let me run through the the final five then. Uh, Grand Canyon at number six. Colorado State at number uh, seven. So there's 20 points and 19 points, respectively. Colorado in at uh, number uh, eight, I guess, at 15 points. Missouri State, probably the surprise of the entire league this year is Missouri State. Uh, they're in at number nine uh, with 14 points. And then Oklahoma uh, in in the number 10 spot with just five points. And uh, Oklahoma having a little rough time with the uh, the change of venues for their program and new coaching staff and all that that they're having uh, to get adjusted to. But don't be surprised if Oklahoma makes a big jump next year. They've got a good situation in place there, and they just need to uh, to get a little more comfortable in their surroundings, I think. So um, that's definitely what is on the horizon for that part of it. I do want to jump right in now, Stephen, to the, uh, the overall rankings because I think uh, I think that is something that, uh, kind of goes hand in hand with the WCHL standings. So let's go through that. I'll go ahead and give you the top five, and then um, I'll read uh, six through ten. So go ahead and uh, give us the top five in the men's Division One ranking number 13. I'm going to stay out of the computers and just listen. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think you got you got it all out of your system on uh, – 
on your Sunday show, right? With uh, yeah. going yeah, after I, the computer. <laughs> yeah. I dropped the gloves, had to put ice on my hands. It was a bad, bad deal, but I won. But, but there's, there's no, no problems with the, I won it. There's no problems with the ACHA computers, though, right? No, no. no. I'm not even going there. Don't even bait me. You and Hornstein, you both like to bait me into things. But Paul kept saying you were wrong. You were wrong. So Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, he, he's wrong. Okay. Uh, give us the top five in the men's Division One rankings. Yes, so no changes from last week. Minot State still at number one with a perfect 21 and 0 and 0 record. Uh, Adrian at number two, uh, 22 2 and 1. UNLV still at number three. They're now 17 2 and 0. Uh, Ohio, 23 4 and 1 at number four. Liberty at number five, uh, 12 8 and 1. Liberty, I think, was supposed to have a game last Saturday at Stony Brook, or maybe it was supposed to be Friday and Saturday, but obviously they, those games got postponed after uh, what happened with uh, Josh Fricks. They, they didn't want to. They didn't. They decided not to play those games. So, um, so yeah. So they haven't played the games uh, since the the UNLV series. But um, so yeah, UNLV as, as we mentioned, UNLV winning two more games this past weekend. Uh, so they're they won four five and uh, five zero and four zero against Oklahoma. So uh, that's so how they. If I'm stayed. not mistaken, is that ten in a row? It's ten in a row. Yes, ten in a row for UNLV now. Five. Uh, and and they've done it on the road, they've done it at home, and they've done it with a variety of opponents, which I think talks an awful lot about their ability to uh, to prepare themselves for a run in a national championship. Yes, that that, that all that is true. And then uh, then we mentioned uh, uh, Adrian uh, won a couple of games this past weekend, four uh, one and five zero over Calvin. Uh, Minot State, as we mentioned, one as well. Uh, for for an Ohio had a big game, a uh, big win on Saturday against Illinois, ten and one. So I'm sure that helped their uh, their averages. So it's uh, yeah. So basically, the same five is the same five, and if they keep winning, it's probably that's probably the five it's going to be, and and probably not any movement. Uh, Ohio, UNLV probably is not comfortable at three. That Ohio, I think, is probably pretty close on their tails if you look at the expanded. Uh, uh, averages and everything, but but certainly I think the top five, unless something unforeseen happens, and maybe Liberty's kind of maybe on the bubble there at number five with Central Oklahoma, although they they lost, so it maybe helps a little bit. But um, I don't see that five changing too much uh, unless I, something really unforeseen happens uh, here over the next few weeks. Okay, so six through ten, here we go. Central Oklahoma at twenty-one, six and one. Indiana Tech at number seven at twenty-six, one and one. Number eight is Jamestown, 14, 6, and 0. Number nine, Grand Valley State at 26, 5, and 0. And number 10, Pittsburgh at 15, 5, and 3. And without getting into it, drop the gloves, go at the computer. Um, the one thing that I argued about uh, in the NCAA standings was I don't see how when you have two teams or three teams in the country in NCAA hockey that had won 20 games, Two of them are one and two, and the other one, and I'm not going to mention that they were the defending champions last year because, you know, that's last year, but they had them all the way down at seven. And I'm going like, you know, if, if you're trying to grow your game and you have parents, sponsors, fans watching, and they're using their eyeballs and they're saying like, how can two teams with 20 wins be one and two but the next team, the third team, the only team with 20 wins, only other team with 20 wins is seven. And that's the same thing I look at kind of in, in the ACHA. And again, I'm not going to brawl over this, but I look at the wins and losses. And, um, you know, it, it, Kirk Handy knows that I love him, love his program. I think they do a great job. But um, Liberty at 12, 8, and 1, do they really deserve that spot over, say, a uh, Central Oklahoma, and then should Indiana Tech move up? Should Grand Valley State move up? I mean, that's a lot of win differential between the two. And I know we're going to look at, at UNLV, and they just haven't played as many games. But once they catch up in games, I'm going to say that they're probably going to be in that 20 range again. So that that's my beef. Uh, I, I don't see how the top 10 can't be filled with 20-win teams. Right, but I guess it goes back to what we've talked about before. It's the quality of the opponents you're playing. I mean, if you can stack uh, Paul, your schedule with Paul, with don't go there with twenty subpar teams, you know you can get 
you can get 20 wins, but it's a matter of the quality of the opponent. And you look at Liberty, their schedule, we talked about it uh, earlier this season with Kirk when they were talking about their schedule. They had a really tough schedule this year. So the fact that they're 12-8-1 with the schedule that they've had is, is impressive, including coming here to Vegas and winning two games here against going the to Minot. team. And going to Minot. And, and going and, to Adrian. I think they went there also. Yeah, they went. So, I mean, they've had a really tough schedule. And, you know, and you look at, uh, Grand Valley State. I mean, they're twenty six five and zero, but I mean, I don't know the quality of the the wins for for Grand Valley State. Indiana Tech is twenty six one one. Maybe they deserve a a little bit more attention, but they're number seven. So I mean, it's it's uh it's it's again, it's a balance between having a lot of wins, but also the the quality of the of the teams that you're playing too, and and how you're winning as well. Um, well, I think the, the point that I'm trying to make again is I'm not trying to say the computer's wrong or anything like that. I'm just trying to say that um, when you when you play a sport, you play to win the game. Somebody said that once, right? You play to win the game. I, I think so. I think I think Paul kept uh, calling you Herm Edwards on yeah. Sunday, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. <laughs> okay, so if you're playing to win the game, then I you know you don't really have a choice at who you play on your schedule. Um, the teams are who the teams are. Uh, so yeah, Grand Valley State and Indiana Tech, uh, they don't have any choices in what their schedule looks like. They just play the games. But anytime you're in a league like the ACHA M1 and you can win 26 games and lose one and tie one, and yet you're still held out of the top five, I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, I and, and what I'm looking at is, uh, the eyeballs from from a parent, a partner, a sponsor, uh, a fan, they're going like, hey, how can our team have 26 wins and, and still not be a top five team? And, you know, you explained it very well, and the computer does what it does. But still, I think that that uh, is something that just, you know, I don't know, I just find it difficult to look at. But anyway, all right, go ahead and give us 11 through 15. Well, that's why that's why it's above your your pay grade. <laughs> Everything is above my pay grade. <laughs> There's a couple of ants that make more than I do. Uh, number eleven is Maryville, Illinois State. Number twelve, Niagara. Number thirteen, uh, Arizona. Fourteen, uh, Calvin. Fifteen. So uh, from that uh, gather is Arizona moving up a couple of spots. They were at 16, so they've moved up to 14, so that's uh, good for them. Uh, they beat Missouri State on Friday 7-3, to and they beat uh, they beat Missouri State on overtime 3-2 to in uh, on Saturday. I don't, I, I don't know how much. I think overtime's going as ties in the computer, but but the big win 7-3 over Missouri State on, on Friday uh, certainly probably helped as well, and they were able to bump up a couple of spots. As I, we talked about last week, a lot of those middle teams right there between like 13 and 16 and 17 I, I i figured would probably be ones that maybe would see some fluctuation here between now and the end of the when the final poll comes out and we certainly saw that with with uh, arizona moving up a couple of spots and calvin and lawrence tech dropping uh one spot each okay so uh number 16 is the aforementioned lawrence tech at 19 four and two Number 17, Stony Brook, 14, 7, and 1. Number 18, the Utah Utes, 12, 9, and 1. And number 19, Arizona State at 12, 12, and 1. Number 20 is Indiana, Pennsylvania at 19, 5, and 0. Uh, again, some minor fluctuations, but not really. Not really. I mean, Lawrence Tech uh, moved, as you said, 1. Stony Brook, Utah, and uh, Arizona State all stayed the same, and uh, Indiana, Pennsylvania moved up one spot. So here's where the jump comes. This is a fun one, Stephen. So go ahead and tell us about 21 to 25 and what what grabbed your eye like it grabbed my eye at uh, at number 21. Well, I know you you spent some time uh, hitting the books at uh, at Grand Canyon uh, University back in your your Sports youthful management days. degree from <laughs> Grand Canyon. Yeah, and so uh, and I and you're and uh, so you're. Uh, an alum there with that. And uh, so Grand Canyon is at 21. They were not ranked in the top 25 last week. Uh, Purdue Northwest, 22. Uh, Michigan, Dearborn, 23. Osawago State, 
24 and Rhode Island 25. So uh, Rhode Island, uh, Oswego State, Michigan Deer, uh, or Oswego State moved down. Michigan Dearborn moved up. And uh, Purdue Northwest dropped down a couple spots. Grand Canyon is was the one that made the big leap uh, this past weekend. And that was a, uh, a little bit of a surprise and didn't quite understand that because uh, you look at their results and you look at CSU uh, beating Grand Canyon on in a shootout on Friday. So, again, I think it goes as a tie in the computer. Basically, they just do a shootout just so somebody can say they won. But I think it, it ultimately goes down as a tie. And then Saturday... Uh, well, actually, we go back to Thursday because they played Thursday. Uh, GCU beat Colorado, and then they beat. Uh, they lost to CSU, and then on Saturday, oh, I didn't put their score in there. Maybe they didn't play. Maybe they. I think they must have not played on Saturday. Or I didn't put their score in there. But anyway, so Grand Canyon. I was, I was a little surprised by that that they moved up to twenty. I mean, it's great for them to to move up there, but they. Uh, it was a little bit of a surprise. So it must something must have happened with some of those other teams that were. Uh, ahead of them, that um, gave them that opportunity to to go up. There. We'll see if they can. I just, I just think it's the it's the savvy of the computer. It knew exactly how to predict it. See, it wanted to make you happy, but putting <laughs> tongue in cheek, in tongue in cheek, <laughs> and sarcastic to no end. Anyway, so so, um, so, so what this gets us is to Danny Roy and the Grand Canyon yes. Lopes. I mean, four games over five hundred now, and just what their third, fourth year in uh, in ACHAD one. Yeah, that that's really uh great for them. I'm, I think their their program's continuing to to get better, and I think uh, it's only a matter of time before they're going to be uh, in the conversation for national tournament uh, conversation, and certainly uh, even just it won't be a you know a, uh, a team that we'll look at as okay, we're gonna we're, it's an easy win, uh, even even though they're not now. I mean, they they, they went they teams can beat them, but the, it's a lot of times, especially playing at Grand Canyon, it's still a tough. It's still a tough game uh, to 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 battle. So I think a couple more years in, in Grand Canyon will be will be a team to uh, to be reckoned with. But uh, but you look at overall. So that gives us now we can always do this. We'll do our weekly update here on the teams that are in the WCHL. So we got one, two, uh, three, four, five teams in the top twenty in the WCHL. And if you can stretch that out to six in the top twenty-five with Grand Canyon. So and then there's a couple other teams that are just outside of that. If you look at the Twitter uh, Twitter page, that they they have that expanded out, and I think uh, Colorado and Missouri State are like right outside the top 25. So that's uh, that's pretty impressive if you think about it for uh, a 10 team conference. But you know, realistically, we keep talking about how many teams can can get in. Uh, as I just see that Arizona State just won in overtime over Arizona five to four at Molot Arena. So congrats to ASU winning there in overtime uh, five to four. But Going back to this, uh, UNLV three, uh, Central Oklahoma six. So they're both probably they're both pretty comfortably going to be in the national tournament. So that's well, one of them will be for sure is the auto bid, but both will get in for sure. So that's two. Uh, Arizona's at fourteen. So I mean, uh, they 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 probably will end up getting a spot. That's three. And then the other questions is still Utah and Arizona State. Uh, whether we'll get four or five in, but three I think three will get in for sure at this point. Looking how things are, are were positioned, and four is possible still. Uh, if Arizona State or Utah make a little bit of a push here in their final games, and it just depends on how auto uh, auto bids come out. But the eighteen and nineteen right now, so we could get five in, we could get four in. Three's like uh, pretty sure we're going to get at least three in, but we'll see what how it, it plays out. Right now, if if the if the tournament were to start. Uh, Arizona State and Utah would be out because it'd be a couple of teams that would get auto bids and stuff. Of course, there still has to be some conference tournaments to be played and stuff, but if we were just to go strictly on where teams are in, in different conferences, uh, there would be, um, it would be, uh, they would be the teams that would be out, Utah and uh, Arizona State. So, Well, let me tell you this. I, I think just by looking at it right now, and I'm not going to take anything away from Arizona State, who you just mentioned just won in overtime tonight at Mullet, but um, Utah at twelve nine and one. Uh, Arizona State would be now be thirteen twelve and one. Uh, I'm worried about those double digit losses because uh, at number nineteen, Arizona State is the only team in the top um, twenty one. No, actually, the top in the top twenty five. They're the only one 
to have double-digit digit losses. So I think there's going to be a hard time to bring them up. I mean, if they lose one or two more, can a 14-win team get in the tournament? I mean, a 14-loss team get in the tournament. My my bad. Yeah, with this computer, I don't know. It's it's, it's quite possible uh, because uh, at the Arizona State team is always a surprise to me because even when they were below 500, they were in the – they might have been even a little bit higher still, but it's uh, it's it's a kind of a weird a weird thing. But yeah, I I don't see how Arizona State can get in. I mean, you know, they're still going to host UNLV for a couple of games, so that that ought to help. They're going to play Arizona again, um, you know, part of the Cactus Cup, so that'll be that'll be good too. So they'll have some opportunities for sure, and but it's you know just depends on how the teams well, that, below them. Well, Blow them do if they do if they really outperform or if some of the teams that are ahead of them falter down a little bit. Uh, but you know you got Lawrence Tech who's only lost four times, Stony Brook who's only lost seven times. So uh, you know it's going to be tough to to try to catch those teams uh, even if they do well, win a few more games. Let, let's play this game. Grand Canyon is thirteen nine and two. What if Grand Canyon should do something like run the table and not lose again? Can they climb from twenty one into a spot? I think they can. They can. I mean, look at the. They went from being not ranked to twenty-one. You know, so, so that's a big. That's a big jump. And, okay. You know, so I, a, but on on the other side of the coin, if Arizona State would lose two more games to UNLV, for example, at home, um, that makes them a fourteen-loss team. I don't see how you can put a fourteen-loss team in the head of teams that haven't lost double digits, no matter what their schedule is. Because that's four game. That would be four games more, four more losses than any other team minimum. What What's going to help ASU this weekend is they're going to play in San Diego against San Diego State. So that ought to help their uh, their wins out a little bit and and probably help their averages a little bit. They'll I'm sure they'll get a they'll pile up some goals against San Diego State. Of course, it doesn't all just matter about goals. Again, it t- talks about level competition everything but but the fact that they're going to play san diego state who's not a very good team this year they'll they'll take it hopefully take advantage of that and and that ought to help them a little bit to maybe give them a little bit of cushion in case they do have a couple more slip-ups along the way before the end of the season yeah but that you know san diego state let's be fair they're they're pretty far down i mean how, how defeating them is going to get you what in points quality win points not much so I don't know. I just think it's interesting. But it'll to get them wins because you like you like the wins, so they'll get them a couple of wins. So it'll get them closer to twenty. <laughs> uh, but I but I also look at the loss column. It's wins and losses. So if you get if you're in the twenty plus win column, but you're in the fifteen loss column, um, that they they kind of balance each other out. So you got to do one or the other. You got to increase the wins, but not increase the losses. Anyway, that, that's a whole other topic. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back and talk uh, about this is the only an hour show. Team. Yeah, we're running out. We're running out of time. Let's uh, talk about the hottest team, which I think is the hottest team. And no disrespect to Minot State, but um, I don't think Minot State's playing the schedule that UNLV is playing and uh, making the travel that they're doing and all of that stuff. So we'll get back to that in just a minute. Let's take a quick break and come back and uh, talk some more Great West College Hockey podcast. Championship pedigree, world-class coaching, and first-class facilities are all a part of the ACHA experience at Adrian College. The Bulldogs look to raise their third national championship banner in the last five years at Arrington Ice Arena, one of the best facilities in all college hockey. Get a big school hockey feel with all of the educational advantages of a private education. For more information, go to adrianbulldogs.com or adrian.edu. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for their next shift at the rink. 
customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number. Summer skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice, as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. If your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong, see if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. When you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're Jesse Ray's barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, that speaks for itself. Whether it's the original location at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or the new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. UNLV Rebel Hockey located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Oklahoma Sooners Hockey, celebrating 20 years of big hits, 20 years of big saves, and 20 years of big goals. Go to OUHockey.net and get your season or single-game tickets to see the Sooners take on national powers, Minot State, Missouri State, and, of course, rival Central Oklahoma. Single-game tickets are just $10 apiece, while OU students and staff are free with their ID. Youth hockey players are also free if they wear their jerseys. 20 years of Oklahoma Sooners hockey, the action you crave, only faster. Hello, hockey fans. This is Jesse Lowell, captain of the Arizona Wildcats, and you are listening to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. When you put on that Central Oklahoma Broncos jersey, you represent a championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. Two-time ACHA M1 National Champions, four-time WCHL Champions, and named a Best in the West College by U.S. News and World Report, UCO hits all of the benchmarks for an elite college hockey experience. Our Edmond, Oklahoma campus, which is just minutes from downtown Oklahoma City, has over 100 areas of study and over 200 student organizations to help you find your fit. Whether it's our stunning 210-acre campus or our NCAA-level hockey environment, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com and see if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you. Hello, fans. My name is Hunter Mazzillo, and I'm number 26 for the UNLV Skate and Rebels, and you're listening to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. As San Diego State begins its first season of ACHAM1 hockey, be a part of the foundation as the Aztecs look to build a new chapter in the city's long hockey history. 
In addition to our growing hockey program, the more than 36,000 SDSU students in our many degree programs, from bachelor's to doctorate, enjoy the best of higher education and lifestyle. Go to sdsu.edu to see if our unique, diverse experiences for you and visit sdsuhockey.com to support the top college hockey program in California. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. All right. Welcome back in, hockey fans, to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Maricopa, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh. Joining me from that beautiful, vibrant city of Las Vegas, Nevada. It's a, it's a little less vibrant. Well, it's it's very vibrant because the the Pro Bowl festivities are here this week. Uh, and you're, you're 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 of course you've got the big game uh, the week I'm after. Hiding. I'm hiding. You're, we're gonna get you into Glendale there at State Farm Stadium so you can get get the Super no, Bowl there. No, no. no, we should not. Um, anyway. uh, but but I, I say it, it's a little less vibrant because of the news about the captain of the Golden Knights once again, Mark Stone. Had to have uh, is going to have to have surgery, or he had surgery on his back, and will be out for an indefinite period of time. So that's a big blow for the uh, Golden Knights. Yeah, that's uh, that's just too bad for a player of his caliber to have to keep going through these uh, unbelievable. But back issues, uh, they they always yeah. they they tend to never never quite go away. But hopefully, this surgery we can be able to, you know, because if there's a guy that really loves the game and and loves to play for this team, especially it's it's Mark Stone, and obviously his enthusiasm and expressiveness when he scores and stuff and that's something that the golden knights are 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 sorely missing right now with the struggles they've had but um uh, it's unfortunate but hopefully he'll get back to full health and uh and and recovery after the surgery he had uh on tuesday and in in denver actually he had it in denver and uh same guy that did jack eichel's uh neck and uh yeah so we'll wish him the best surgeon to go to (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but, uh, uh, I, I wanted to throw this out there. Uh, I played the the uh, College Hockey Inc. Uh, ad, and I love listening to Connor McGahee on that uh, when he's screaming, Kale McCarr scores. They're actually all really good. But, uh, man, is anybody more passionate than uh, than Connor McGahee uh, when calling a goal or a game or uh, just getting you involved in the game from the time that uh, that he starts off the the show with his little, um, what what does he call them the uh, the matchups? The force force of nature versus uh, <laughs> whoever. whoever. <laughs> yeah, I love that, love that. But anyway, if you're a broadcaster getting started, I I would say listen to the enthusiasm in the voice of Connor McGahey. That would be a good place to start for you. Um, okay. So anyway, uh, we, we, we got everything out of the way. Now it's time to talk for just a few minutes about what uh, UNLV is doing because we've talked about it, and I know people say, oh, yeah, you're homers. Uh, Steven's from Las Vegas and this and that. But you know what? Uh, they started the season with a target on their back, I think, because a lot of people looked at their, their team on paper and they said, wow, that is really an impressive roster on paper. Can they do it playing games? And they were a little bit, uh, not up and down because they've only lost two games, but maybe they weren't as, as impressive to start the season as they are now. But anytime, Stephen, you can win 10 games in a row against a variety of competition in a variety of locations, and that includes going to Liberty, that includes going to uh, the Tucson Arena in Tucson, um, you know, that that's a pretty good challenge. Well, and keep in mind, too, that the first part of their schedule – they had four uh, NCAA uh, teams. You know, they had they started exhibition the season games. in yeah. yeah exhibition games. They, they started in Denver against the Pioneers uh, and Magnus, uh, and uh, then they had a couple at Alaska against the University of Alaska Anchorage, and they had one here in Vegas against University of Alaska Anchorage. And I think, and and obviously they didn't win any of those games, but they obviously took some positives out of those, and I think that helped them. But it was it was kind of tough because they they. they they started with that, and then they had a couple of 
uh, ACHA games against Utah, and 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 those were even kind of close. And then they had then they went back to NCAA competition again, uh, exhibition competition, and then they they finally had some more ACHA, but they were kind of going back and forth, so they weren't kind of into the flow of their uh, ACHA schedule. Uh, until after the the game in at the Dollar Loan Center against Alaska Anchorage here, then they were able to play. And I think, I think all of that, I think it it kind of played a part into the the, the Liberty losses that they had here at home. Uh, I think you know it, it because of it wasn't a flow to it. They were playing the NCAA. They were kind of on this high from from being in those games. Uh, I think it maybe gave them a little false sense of security. Plus, they watched Liberty play the following night at, and didn't play. You know, didn't. Uh, do very well against Alaska Anchorage, so they probably had a little bit of false sense of security, and then you know Liberty uh, came in with a lot of motivation and, and beat UNLV. So I think from that point on, that really uh, woke them up, and uh, obviously since then they haven't lost. Uh, so those, so those are the uh, those are the uh, the scenarios there. But yeah, they've been really good. Uh, ten ten games uh, in a row that they've won. They won uh, in Grand Canyon, then they won the three games. Uh, at the Rebel Classic, and then they were on break, and then they came back. As you said, they won in Arizona, a tough place to play. And and, and they and, the, and I don't remember ever a time where they've come away with two wins in Arizona. They usually will either split or lose both. But I think I don't think I've remember a time in recent memory where they've gone in there and, and taken both games from from Arizona there. So that was good. Then they go to Liberty, which they've uh, they've started to do now the last couple of years, and the rivalry with them, and return the favor from earlier in the season and winning two games there. Uh, so that was that was good, and obviously there was a lot of emotions with that series because of what happened with with Josh Fricks and the injury there, and just the the unfortunate uh, play that happened that resulted in that, and and nothing malicious. I was talking with some UNLV people that that uh, you know that do the stuff for the the team, and it wasn't anything malicious. That it's just the way Fricks plays, and it's just the, the intensity he plays, and it just it kind of came to a, a bad spot, and it, it and he you know he got hurt and. Hurt him badly, so he's continues his recovery. But but yeah, you know, be getting two wins there, and then then coming here and playing Oklahoma, who's you know down in, in the in the standings, obviously in the rankings. So you hope not a letdown, and and they did, and then they pitched back to back shutouts. Two different goaltenders in both nights. Uh, uh, Wick sent in on, on Friday night, uh, and I think he needed a game like that because maybe he kind of struggled a little bit earlier in the season against in those Liberty games. Uh, but he seems to be back in in prime form, and then. Landon Palvison, who's the new, the new addition this year, and a really good goaltender, he gets a shutout uh, the following night. So uh, that that was real exciting. I had a chance to talk with Nick Raboni, and if we can, uh, we can play the interview. I put it up on the on the ACHA ITHSW Twitter account, but maybe we can play it here. It's a couple minutes long because Nick kind of talks about uh, their season and and everything. So let's see if I can uh, get this to work here. It's great. This is the time of year that you want to be peaking, so I think it's important for us to make sure that we don't uh, take a single game for granted and you continue to build off what we've already accomplished this year. It was. We knew we didn't play our game. We knew that we, we didn't give our best effort on, on either side of uh, the game offensively or defensively, so it was a wake-up call for us, and I think our guys have responded well since then. And talk about going there last week, and I know the circumstances there and what happened to their player, but just the environment there and, and being able to get two wins there, and of course, of course what happened to them, we hope yeah, you know, we're praying for Josh and then hopefully he has a quick and, uh, quick and speedy recovery. Um, you know, for us to go in there, though, and, and win those games in that type of environment, I think it just kind of goes to show the character and the type of culture that we've really built here the last four or five years. I mean, it's a tough place to play, but it's also a lot of fun, and our guys get up for playing a team like Liberty in that environment. We've been preaching, you know, play hard but defend harder. I think that as you get closer to the national tournament and the games get tighter, you got to learn how to win those tight games, regardless of who, who the opponent is. And I know, you know, next weekend now we head into to play Utah, and, and they're a really good team, and we got to be ready for that, especially on the Olympic ice sheet. Like you, you guys are at, and, and what do you guys feel like you can still get to before, uh, before there's a tournament there in Boston? 
We can only control what we can control, right? So I think that it's important that you just take it game by game. Um, wherever we, we land going into that tournament is where we land. And, you know, bottom line is we want to be playing our best hockey come that time. And I think we have another uh, another level that we haven't even touched yet this year. About being, you know, process-focused as opposed to outcome-focused. You know, I think that with, with being process-focused, you're focusing on your game and, and your systems and our effort and our attitude and our culture. And, and the more you focus on those things, I think the score takes care of itself. I want to ask you one about Dylan Ford. He gets his first goal of the season in the, in the games that he's gotten in the lineup. What have you seen from him and, and joined the program with you guys this year? Unbelievable kid. We, we love him here. He's, he's got great character. He's a, he's a phenomenal teammate. Um, he works his, uh, his you-know-what off every time that he's, he's on the ice, whether it's practices or games. So it's nice to see him get rewarded tonight. And Nick, congratulations, and uh, good luck next weekend in Utah and the rest of all right, so that was uh, Nick Raboni. I asked him about Dylan Ford because Dylan Ford's a, a new addition this year as well uh, to UNLV, and he gets his first goal of the season. He doesn't play, he doesn't get in the lineup in every game, but but he was able to get in the lineup this weekend, I guess, or at least in the game of Saturday that I was at, and uh, he gets a goal. So uh, so that was exciting. But but you hear from Nick, and we and we hear that all the time from from Nick and the, and that staff that it's one game at a time. You know, I. I we in the media, we can look forward and say, oh, look, this is what you guys got, you know, expectations for this, you know, you, you're ranked this, you know, but their focus right now is Utah. And they'll, tomorrow they'll get on a bus, they'll head to Salt Lake City. Uh, hopefully it'll warm up a little bit for them when they arrive there because it's been pretty chilly in Utah and snowy. But, uh, they, <laughs> and if not, it'll be true hockey I, weather. I was, I was the optimist thinking about that warm weather. Uh, anyway. Yeah, especially They're if we get to February. They're going north to Utah. And, and, and tomorrow's Feb and Groundhog Day, so we know for sure if the Groundhog sees his uh, shadow I'm or not. I'm staying in gonna bed be, the entire day. Not if we're going to be. Out. If we're going to be stuck with uh, more winter or spring's going to arrive to us early. But <laughs> anyway, right. but... Yeah, anyway, so, so yeah, so so since we're running long, yes. we have to get two more things in. The first one uh, is uh, the final weekend of games to affect the rankings will be uh, the week ending February 26th. So that means teams got to hustle. It's uh, February right now, as you so for uh, aptly mentioned with the Groundhog Day tomorrow. Um, so the final rankings in the tournament field will be released that following week. So the very first week of March. So. Uh, teams if you want to climb into that ranking and get into the tournament get it done um and finally steven uh a sad note uh the acha lost a uh, a young man playing in the m3 level in east texas baptist university um let me see if i've got this name right hunter dorham is that correct yeah i believe that is correct he Played for it's an M three team as you mentioned, uh, East Texas uh, Baptist University. Uh, passed away on uh, June thirtieth, January thirtieth. Uh, sorry, June thirtieth, uh, January thirtieth, in a vehicle accident. Uh, so very, uh, very tragic there. And uh, on the uh, the uh, uh, the uh, Facebook page, excuse me, the Facebook page for for the uh, university, they they said that you know d deeply saddened to share the news that. East Texas Baptist University Hunter Norm passed away on Monday morning in a vehicle accident. He was a senior business administration major, scheduled to graduate in May, so it was just coming up here, and was originally from Colorado and attended high school in uh, Kennedale, Texas, and was a four-year member of the ETBU uh, Texas or Tiger uh, hockey team. And then, uh, yeah, and then it goes on to talk about the sadness and everything, which which and people can read the full statement on the uh, ETBU Tiger Athletics uh, Facebook page, but. Um, yeah, I'm just glad asking you, people glad to join in, in prayer. Uh, it's uh, it's it's very sad, and just another example of how uh, life is uh, is precious, and and uh, you just you just never know what's going to happen from a day to day uh, basis, and and uh, and you know a lot of people have their struggles in life for whatever reason, and and uh, certainly none of us are exempt from that. We we all have some deal within our lives, and uh, but it puts things into perspective that. Uh, you know that we're we're here and and uh, we move along, but uh, but sad for him and obviously for his family and for the program there and and uh, again just was getting ready to graduate this May and and then he gets uh, killed in a car accident. So very uh, absolutely. Very tragic, I'm but. glad you're able to bring that up. It's hard to end on any note, uh, but I don't think we can go any farther than with that one. So we'll say good night and give you a chance to uh, to tell us uh, a little bit about our partners. From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona, ACHA 
D1 hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. No one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. By M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, also 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Uh, be it loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue Las Vegas style. Uh, Drury Inn and Suites, our quality and value have earned a 16 straight JD Power Awards. Book your stay at DruryHotels.com and by Burrito Express. And I apologize, that was an old read. But anyways, but uh, here's the updated one. Anyways, um, Liberty University, strengthen your faith, your game, and your education at Liberty.edu. Also, UNLV Hockey, as we mentioned. Okay, the Great West College Hockey Podcast and all Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Just ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. I know what I'm doing after the show. I'm going back and deleting those old, uh, old <laughs> scripts there. <laughs> I hear you. Well, we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Ask everybody to tune in again next week. We'll uh, we'll work on getting a guest next week so you can hear somebody else's voices besides just Stephen and myself. But Sunday night, it is the uh, College Hockey West Live. We're having uh, the Associate Commissioner from the NCHC, Michael Weissman, scheduled to join us Sunday night. And then uh, Monday and Tuesday, we will kick off uh, what we're calling the College Hockey West Independent Cup. And then, of course, Wednesday night, Stephen and I will be back with the Great West College Hockey Podcast. So good night, everybody.